first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Stephen Young, better known as Stevie TPFL. Of course, you can find him at Grinders. This week, we're going to talk bets for the Bank of America Roval 400 here on Running Hot. Last weekend, Ryan Blaney punched his ticket into the round of eight by edging Kevin Harvick, who was later disqualified, to the line by just about one hundredth of a second. It was like 12 thousandths of a second. But Harvick's disqualification for windshield fasteners not being secured moves William Byron up to the second place position and Denny Hamlin into third at Talladega. So, Stevie, real quick, Talladega thoughts, playoff thoughts, kind of, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of an intense race, but I, I don't know if I loved the style of racing at Talladega the best this time around. Yeah, so I mean, a calmer race, but still a very exciting race. I feel like there was a lot of aggressiveness throughout the race. There wasn't a lot of crashes, but I mean, you don't necessarily need crashes to have a good race at Talladega or Daytona. We were two noses away from Kevin Harvick winning the outright, and had they DQ'd him when he won the race for that, it would have been an insane, insane thing. I'm still shocked they DQ'd him for that anyway, but... I'm actually kind of glad, but I mean, some of the books, depending on where you're at, what books you're betting on and stuff, some of the books you can, you know, still cash that in and it wouldn't change for you. But anyway, overall, it was Talladega. It wasn't like, it wasn't like crazy, crazy, but I mean, I think the racing was still good. I'm more, I'm more interested to hear your thoughts like really quick on 2024 schedule more than I am Talladega. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, and uh, we won't go too far down that rabbit hole, but not in love with the schedule. We start the year off with two drafting races, and then the first round of the playoffs, I think, is pretty ridiculous. We have a drafting race, we have a road course, and we have Bristol. So those are like three wild cards already, almost, in some ways. So I don't know if I, I love the schedule, just the way it, it sets up, especially that first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the only round that I absolutely like is the round of eight. Vegas, Miami, Martinsville. I feel like mm-hmm. they could have switched Vegas around with like Walking Glen or something. If you're going to move Walking Glen in the playoffs, sure, well, whatever. But I feel like we needed a 1.5, traditional 1.5 in the round of 16. You got to give the guys that have earned, you know, their spots in the playoffs on, you know, intermediate tracks a yeah. chance. I mean, like Atlanta. Watkins Glen and Bristol I hate the first round I'm with you and I don't even necessarily hate Watkins Glen in the playoffs assuming that we do something to the package for road courses but if we have the same road course package next year I mean I don't love the fact that we're going to have two road courses in the playoffs yeah I'm, I'm all right with it just because you know we do have six road courses overall and the regular season will have four so two is kind of representative of the regular season average right. as well but 
So I don't hate the fact that we have two in the playoffs. I just don't like the way it sets up in round one overall. I agree with you. I would, I think it would be nice to have a mile and a half track in that first round. And, and honestly, honestly, I've always wanted them to do four, three, two, one for the playoffs. So four races, three races, two races, one race that way. You know, it gives that first round much more chance for the cream to rise to the top instead of getting cut out early on something ridiculous happening, especially at a track like Atlanta, where, you know, the Martin Truex Jr. could win the regular season championship, crash out at Atlanta and only have two races to make it up. So not a huge, huge fan of that. But we've talked Taldega a little bit. We've talked 2024 schedule a little bit. Real quick, Steve, we've got to talk the playoff picture you know we've got an interesting spot here uh William Byron of course being locked in from the first race at Texas of this round and then Ryan Blaney locked in from Talladega Danny Hamlin is all but locked in he's 50 points to the good and just staying at least 50 points ahead after stage one would lock him in uh let alone 40 points ahead after stage two so he's pretty much all but locked in then we've got on the bubble we have Brad Keselowski two points ahead of Tyler Reddick. He's nine points ahead of Bubba Wallace, 10 points ahead of Ross Chastain. And then Kyle Busch is a further 16 points back. So you kind of think Kyle Busch is in points racing. He's racing for the win. And just ahead of Brad Keselowski, 13 points ahead of Keselowski. Kyle Larson, 15 points ahead of Keselowski. Truex, and then another two points further up is Chris Busher. So we do have a bit of a spot where a lot of guys are going to be points racing and some guys are going to be strategy racing. So is that kind of your take? You think it's going to be like Byron, Hamlin, Blaney, Kyle Busch racing for the win and most everybody else in terms of in the playoffs racing for points? So I think it's huge this week because we are adding back the stage cautions. You know, we haven't had those at all on road courses so everything we've talked about for road courses this year in general throw it away it's out the window <laughs> like now we're back to teams pitting early before stage breaks and switching track position it's not you know 60 laps of green flag and just try to nail the fastest cars it's not that anymore so yeah i think byron and blaney obviously if they could get a stage win i think they get the playoff point for next round but if they're not in line for a stage win they're gonna pit early denny hamlin i think maybe the first stage he goes and you know tries to get stage points and then the second stage he pits early bell i think the same thing for christopher bell i think christopher bell and chris busher they're in a position where and we'll throw in martin tricks jr too like if they are in a good position to get stage points in the first two stages they're going to so i don't know if they're necessarily going to be on the winning strategy the guys that I'm worried about, Brad Keselowski, he's he's really close points-wise, bubble-wise. He has an average starting position on road courses of 24th. He's got to pit early. He's got to get track position at some point. He's not going to have the track position to start the race. So I think he might be on the we got to you know pit early strategy. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you on Kyle Busch. There's no stage points for him. He's too far back. He's got to yep. be on the race-winning strategy here. Bubba Wallace and Chastain. They're close enough where they could potentially stage them or point themselves in, but I mean, especially if somebody has problems. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're ninth or tenth, though, at the end of like three laps to go in the stage, like you're not taking that point. You're getting track position for the next stage. So uh, a lot of factors here. The biggest factor I feel like is guys that are not in the playoffs. Like Chase Elliott, he's in the owners' championship. No one cares about that. He's someone that like Ty Gibbs, Alex Bowman, AJ Allmendinger. 
Oh, yeah. Austin Cindric, like these fast guys that have a lot of speed on road courses. This is where like betting this week is so interesting because oh yeah, we know what they're doing, Nick. They're pitting early. Uh-huh. They're getting trap position. They don't care about stage points. So I think that is you know kind of what we're thinking this week. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm really interested in some of these guys on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. You mentioned McDowell. You mentioned Almendinger, Daniel Suarez, uh, Ty Gibbs. Love all of those guys. Chase Elliott, like you said, you know. It remains to be seen with the owner's championship. Plus, he's 20 points to the good. So, like, if we were looking, you know, he would be at the same points position. Essentially, he'd be right ahead of Chris Busher if he was in the driver's spot here. So, I could see him, you know, splitting the stages in terms of, like, maybe he grabs points in one stage. And then stage two, he flips it and tries to do that other strategy. So, it still remains to be seen a little bit with him. But there's going to be strategies all over the place for this one. So it's going to be wild. And and really for handicapping this race, obviously, we're going to look at road courses, things like that, especially the faster type road courses, similar ovals, rovals, uh, past Charlotte roval history, for example. But I think you're more looking at, you know, your Watkins Glens, your your Codas rather than your Sonomas, that kind of stuff, just because it's going to be a little more towards like the, the faster, lower tire wear tracks. Although it's not a super low tire wear. We saw Christopher Bell, you know, put on tires and win last year. So it's not like it's a super low wear track. It's just kind of a medium tire wear track, but it's got some speed to it. So overall handicap, and we're looking at road course stuff, but you mentioned the stage cautions. That's the big thing. That's the big difference. Whereas before we didn't have stage cautions at the road courses. Now we do have stage cautions at the road courses. So that's the really, honestly, the only difference. If you got any other things you're looking at as far as handicapping this race, um, whether it's similar tracks or any other intangibles. No, I mean, I feel like this week, more than any week, we're throwing out models, and I'm sorry, Nick, and just mm-hmm. trying to predict who is going to stay out. Like going back and looking at like, past races of like who stayed out like it's not something we've had to talk about a lot this year like we have different crew chiefs in different places but i'll be honest like if you're not in the playoff picture and you stay out at the end of the stage your crew chief should be fired because it's pointless you know you're not going to win the race by staying out at the end of the second stage there's maybe two or three drivers at most like we've watched road courses all year you can't restart the final stage 18th and win this race so if you want to win this race you have to pit at the end of stage two to even give yourself a chance before the stage caution happens i mean unless so. you're already a you know unless you're already a worse than 20th place car then maybe something can happen where you stay out but if you're a contending car exactly you got to play the pit strategy here and like where we've talked so much this year about how road courses and how we look at road courses i mean you could look at the roval you could look at Watkins gun like you mentioned but i mean this car it's really like comes down to with this car in particular where you qualify is setting yourself up, but really just pitting at the end of these stages is going to matter more than anything else for me this week. Yeah, I agree with you. So that is our Charlotte Roval preview. It is time to dive into the bets. As always, we're going to take you for a lap around the Roval. Instead of doing all the turns, we're just going to take you through four of the turns. We'll give one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So it's time to wave the green flag for the Bank of America Roval 400 and dive into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney, and we're running hops. All right, green flag, Stevie. What you got for us in turn one? I'm going to go to Kyle Busch right off the bat here. we got a playoff driver that is in a must-win spot. I'm going to take him at 18-1 to to win this race. You look at his Roval history, it's not great. 
You know, the first three times we were here, he finished 30th or worse, but he's finished fourth and third the last two years. He's going to be on the strategy. He can't point his way in at this point. So he's going to be on that race winning strategy. I'd be shocked if he doesn't pit at the beginning or the end of the two stages and try to get track position. And honestly, if we look at road course speed in general this year, he ranks inside the top five in speed this year on road courses. So the shift over to Chevy has been really good for Kyle. We look back at in like early years, Kyle Bush, and he was definitely solid on road courses. So I think like overall, this is a really good spot for Kyle Bush and getting him at 18 to one. I expect this line to move. So I like Kyle early in the week at 18 to one. Yeah, this is an interesting one to me. I do like him. Obviously, he's been really good at road courses this year, but I just think there's so many good drivers that could just be on the same strategy as him. And for me, one of those is AJ Allmendinger. He is my turn one pick. You can get him to win at 12 to 1 odds. AJ Allmendinger just absolutely dominates this track. He's literally won the Roval every single time he's entered it in the Xfinity series, which is four for four. And in the Cup series, he's been pretty darn good as well. Last year, uh, AJ Allmendinger came home fourth. Year before, he finished 38th. Obviously, there was uh, an incident there. But his first year in the Cup Series racing on the Roval was the first year they raced at the Roval, which was 2018. He finished seventh. So he's been very strong. And it seems like he's just getting stronger at the Roval year in and year out. And just like we said, you know, Watkins Glen could be a similar comp track. I mean, he finished second at Glen last year, finished fourth at Glen earlier this year. So I just think this is a spot where A.J. Allmendinger, his only motivation, his only strategy is to go for the race win. So I like him at 12 to 1, a little more than I like Kyle Bush at 18 to 1, but I think both are pretty solid turn one picks. What are your thoughts on Almondinger? Yeah, top five in speed on all the road courses except for the Indy road course. And Indy road course is kind of a mess, so I don't mind taking that out of the picture. But yeah, AJ, he's one of the best road course racers, so getting him early in the week, I have no problem with that. I think that he's going to be someone that's going to be fast. Yeah, I mean, I already have three outrights. I wouldn't mind adding a fourth with AJ and still giving myself you know, some value and you know, a chance to make some money. But I, yeah. I think he's definitely a favorite. Like I, I think the stage cautions benefits AJ Allmendinger more than it hurts him. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that because it it gets him on that, you know, that winning strategy where other contending cars may have to just shuffle behind him and that gives him a really good shot. So I agree. I think that helps him a lot. And one other thing that's pretty interesting, AJ Allmendinger's teammate, Justin Haley, last year had a sixth place or so average running position in this race. So colleague overall, pretty good here, whether you look through the Xfinity series or the Cup series, they've been really strong at the Roval. But that is turn one. We got another turn to go, so we're going to dive right into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. Our turn two, Stevie, looks like a top 10 turn lead us into turn two. Yeah, I like some top 10 bets this week, just in general. I feel like there's some value there, and one of the ones I like a lot is Daniel Suarez, top 10 plus 105. Getting this at plus money is nice. Daniel Suarez is not racing for the playoffs anymore. So, I mean, he can be on the strategy of let's pit early, let's get track position. We know that he has speed on road courses. We've seen it over the last two years that he's been one of the best. Certain types of road courses, he struggled at Sonoma. We're not shocked that he struggled a little bit at Sonoma. They struggled at Watkins Glen, but I'm pretty sure he had an issue really early in that race with the transmission. So, I, I really it was, like... Uh, it was Sonoma he had the, the back- early transmission. I, I did it backwards. Yeah, yeah I did it backwards. Yeah. So. 
as I was saying it, I like remembered too. <laughs> I was like, Nick has me. But yeah, Suarez top 10. I think he's going to be on the right strategy to put himself on good track position and uh, like this spot for him here. Yeah, I remember that one very well because I was on Suarez for, I think, like a top 10 or a top five at Sonoma. And you know, literally the first on the first restart, he had run the Xfinity race the day before and he you know, Xfinity has the old H pattern and then Cup has like the sequential shift there and he just straight up shifted the wrong way and over rev the engine and, you know, had transmission issues after that for the rest of the race there at Sonoma. But I really like Daniel Suarez top 10 as well. He gets to go on that race winning strategy. Always been really strong in the next gen car with track house at these road courses. So definitely like that. But for me, I'm going to go and I think this is my favorite bet, maybe of the whole playoffs so far. Christopher Bell for a top 10 finish at BetMGM at even money, plus 100. That is ludicrous. When you shop around, you can find Christopher Bell as low as minus 175 for this exact same bet. So we're going from, you know, something that is around 63, 65% implied odds to 50% implied odds at BetMGM. Give me that 50% all day because Christopher Bell running inside the top 10 is a better than 50% proposition so far this year. He's run inside the top nine in average running position in every single road course race this year, except Coda, where he was involved in a major incident. So outside of that, top nine average running position in every single road course race. And he's been in contention to win a couple of those Chicago street course. He was in contention to win before some issues moved him back. He was in contention late at Watkins Glen. I think he ended up finishing third there. So Christopher Bell is, of course, the defending race winner. And now he got lucky a little bit last year to win this. There was that late caution. He put on tires and, and blew through the field. But he was still a back half of the top 10 car on a down year for Toyota at road courses. So now that Toyota's rebounded, I think Christopher Bell, yeah, there's some strategy concerns, but that's why it's just a top 10. We're not betting him to win here. I'm just taking his top 10. So even with some strategy concerns, all he really needs to have is a top 10 car. And he has had top 10 cars at every single road course race this year. He's plus 22. I could see them going out in the first stage, getting five, six stage points, just kind of throwing a number out there. And being on the really good side and saying, hey, you know, instead of staying out for the end of stage two, we need track position for the final stage. And we're really we're really on the good side of things. So he's one of the guys that I have written down as potentially pitting stage two, staying Mm -hmm. out stage one. So I don't mind a top 10 bet. Like you said, he's been fast on road courses his entire career. He's a very underrated road course racer. Like he's someone that. We don't talk enough about how he has, well he does. He has on two races. Roval wins. He has the Daytona Roval and the Charlotte Roval win in his young career. So, yeah, um, and it's just it's it's really interesting. You mentioned the stage stuff. We also should talk about and real quick stage bets. Like they're not up yet. They won't be up until after qualifying. But this is a great race to stage bet. Oh yeah, you know because we'll know certain drivers' motivations. And books don't always account for drivers' motivations. They just, like you said, this is not a great race for models. And I agree with you because they just apply their like model and they just say like, okay, well, that's the same for the stages basically. And then just adjust for a little bit of stage stuff, but not really for motivation. So this is a great race to stage bet. Before we go into turn 
Three, I want to remind everybody that Running Hot is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, we got to dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn 3 here on Running Hot. Stevie, lead us into Turn 3. This is going to be a fun one because uh, we'll talk about it, but lead us into Turn 3. Yeah, I mean, you talked about how Bell might be your favorite bet of the playoffs. I mean, this might be my favorite bet of the playoffs. We're getting Alex Bowman at plus 155 for a top 10. And I saw this number, and I like... I had to go back and like look at my statistics again because I was like, what? <laughs> he's run mm-hmm. four of the five Roval races in the Cup Series. He's finished inside the top 10 in all four of those races. He has yep. the best average finish of any active driver at the Roval, and he's not in the playoffs, so he doesn't have to worry about stage points. This one exactly. is probably the most mispriced odds that i've seen on books in a while so I, i'm jumping all over this this is a two unit bet for me this is not a one unit bet for me this is a two unit I, bet i should mention my christopher bell one was uh it was a two yeah, unit bet this for is me. Um, this is just one of those spots that i absolutely love yeah me. this is a one unit bet for me as well i actually already made this bet i have another podcast and talked about this exact bet on there so I've already been on this. I love this bet right there with you. One of my favorite bets of the playoffs, like you said. I like the Christopher Bell one a little bit more, but I love this one as well. So right there with you, there's no anything else I need to add. This is a great bet. You should be betting Alex Bowman at plus 155, plus 150, plus 140. You should be betting him, I'd say maybe down around like plus 130, plus 125, something like that. Even that might be a little conservative. Yeah, I mean, you're getting good odds on this almost every book right now. So take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So turn three, Stevie and I are in the exact same bet. That means we got one turn to go, and that's turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, one more turn, Stevie. What do you got for us? I mean, it's scary when we're on the same drivers. It's scary for the field. Let's just say that. But scary for the books. I got Ty Gibbs as the top Toyota here at plus 550 over on BetMGM. I really like Ty Gibbs this week. You and I were throwing around the idea of just putting Ty Gibbs as our victory lane pick. We settled on something else because I talked you into it. (laughs) But Ty Gibbs has been fantastic at road course racing in Xfinity and Cup. Just doesn't have the finishes to show for it yet. The fact that we are taking out the stages and all that, this year and now we're adding it back in like i think ty gibbs is the person that benefits the most from this like he is the fourth best average finish on road courses this season he ranks sixth in speed on road courses this year and he's not in the playoffs so when i'm looking at this i'm saying looking at overall like who has the potential to win the race i think he's one of those drivers so getting him as the top toyota where you know we worry a little bit about bell staying out for stage points martin truex jr potentially staying out for stage points. Denny Hamlin is really good. I don't I wouldn't be shocked if we see him stay out stage one and then stage two pits. But I mean Bubba and Tyler Reddick are question marks because of where they're at and where they're gonna be running. If they have a chance to get like five or six stage points, maybe they stay out because of where they're at points wise. So 
Ty Gibbs is the only Toyota that we know for certain he doesn't have to worry about stage points. And there's only six of them. So I think that this is a good, just good odds for someone that we know is not staying out. You know, we've saw in Xfinity many, many times that he pits before stage breaks and he's won Xfinity races doing that. So I really like this spot for Ty Gibbs this week. I agree. I think I'm going to have multiple Ty Gibbs bets this week. Top Toyota probably going to be one of those. You know, and it's one of those you don't want to overload on Ty Gibbs in case he has a bad day and then you, you lose a bunch of money. So you just got to make sure you size everything right with your units and stuff. But I love Ty Gibbs and he is also my turn for pick. I'm going to take his top 10 at plus 110 at BetMGM. Everything you said, I really like that upside. I mean, you can find his outright at 25 to 1 if you shop around. And I think I'll probably end up on that as well. But for Ty Gibbs, the last three road course races, he's either run 100% of the laps inside the top 15, which is two of those three. And then at Indy, he got involved in an incident, got sent to the back because of the incident, and then drove through the field back up into, I think it was like 12th place or something like that. So Ty Gibbs just absolutely, yeah, finished 12th. Just absolutely dominant right now at road courses. I'm not dominant in like a laps led way, but dominant in like a he has been running really well. Aside from that indie road course, like I said, the last three, his average running position was around fourth at Watkins Glen, around ninth at the Chicago Street Course. So that is a top 10 average running position, which means he's running more than half of his laps inside the top 10. And he would have, and trust me, he would have at Indy Road Course had he not had the incident there and you know he was pretty strong at Sonoma qualified kind of towards the front started fading a little bit but still ran over half of his laps inside the top 15 so he's a guy that's just getting stronger and stronger we know how good he is at road courses from the Xfinity series and now that he's adapted to this cup car I think Ty Gibbs plus 110 for a top 10 finish also knowing the fact that he gets to be on that optimal strategy is just a slam dunk. So I really, really like that bet. Obviously, nothing is guaranteed, but it, it, plus 110 for a guy that's run more than like a ton and ton, a ton of laps inside the top 15, like way more than half is super value there. So turn four, the Ty Gibbs turn. That means we're going to drive in the victory lane. So Stevie, what do you got? Where are we going in victory lane? Well, I am almost at the point where I can celebrate the under on Chase Elliott's wins for the year that I got so many tweets telling me I was crazy. Where are those people tweeting me now, Nick? But anyway, we're going to go to Mr. Elliott himself, plus 600 this week to win this race. And I don't typically love like anything under like eight to one as far as like race winning odds, but I feel like he's the favorite this week. If he stays out, I'll be shocked with him not having a win this year. I think this is a perfect opportunity for Chase Elliott to get a win. He's been the fastest car at this racetrack in the five races that we've run here. He's won two of them. He should have won last year. AJ Allmendinger and Elliott got into it. There was a late race caution for like some like piece of board or something on the on the track and he was out to lunch on those guys so this is a guy that realistically probably should have won four or five of these roval races so give me chase elliott here at plus 600 for victory lane yeah i'm lukewarm on this one i i'm not convinced they're going to be on the race winning strategy 100 percent I think maybe they grab stage points in stage one and then do kind of the Denny Hamlin thing for stage two if he's looking good. And I just hate betting favorites at road courses. It's just not my oh, thing. Yeah, Never has been. Too. So 
I'm lukewarm on this one, but I was with you there. You know, you gave me three options. I moved it down to two, and then you you twisted my arm. Let's let's go Chase Elliott, and we'll make turn four the Ty Gibbs turn. So I haven't bet Chase Elliott six to one, but I would definitely strongly consider him at six to one, especially if you find out he's just going for the race win. Then he definitely is a bet for me at six to one. So it really just comes down to that little bit of strategy concern, the motivation concern for me. But I think this is a spot where if Chase Elliott is on the race winning strategy. Six to one is definitely value. So that is our victory lane pick. And that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Bank of America Roval 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the South Point 400 at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening. We'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.